Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Well, hello everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. If uh, you're one of the people that watches on Facebook, you got a, a false start to the show a little while ago. But here we go. We are away and running on this Thursday at the time that we're doing the podcast. But I know many of you are listening at any time and any day over a, a period, over a window, if you will. So whether you're listening at 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturday or you're picking us up live, we welcome you all here to talk of the town. And again, Scott Montesano with you. Hello. If you're watching on Facebook, I know you're, you're giving yourself that, that afternoon thrill, making yourself feel a little naughty looking at old Scotty. And if you're just listening, well, you're gorging on the audible chocolate. We got plenty to get to today. Obviously, we're going to talk you know, to, to, to completely pivot <laughs> as far as the good vibes go uh, to the much more serious. We will still discuss the Lily Peters homicide. We have other things to discuss, though, today. They're going to be a little bit more mundane and try to ease people into uh, some more positive feels as well. But again, we will talk uh, at length about the Lily Peters homicide because there has been movement since we last talked on Tuesday. And I think the big thing, the big question for everybody is, where do we go from here? I'm not talking court steps. I'm not talking what the legal ramifications are. I'm not talking about, about that because that doesn't really impact you and I's day-to-day -day life. Even if you follow this case every step of the way, it, it, it's still not going to have ultimately an impact on what you do today or tomorrow or whatnot. So where do we go from here? We'll talk about that in a moment. But I have to bring this up because here we are. Just got done recording a podcast with one of our new partners, which is uh, Momentum Fitness. Momentum Fitness in Eau Claire. And they're a brand new partner of ours with podcasts. And they will be dropping podcasts beginning in early May. And their very first episode is a mom's-themed episode. Uh, they bring on their moms and talk to their moms. You know we're only a week and a half away from Mother's Day. And it's the first Mother's Day 
post-pandemic. And remember, hey, Anthony Fauci said we're, we're out of the pandemic phase. COVID's here. It's not going anywhere, but we're out of the pandemic phase. It's the first Mother's Day out of the pandemic since 2019. Now, I know some, I know some restaurants had some Mother's Day stuff last year, but we really haven't had the traditional Mother's Day all out since 2019. And my wife, let's be honest, I, I think she was looking forward to maybe getting back out to a brunch and the Mother's Day brunch buffet. The Mother's Day brunch buffet where it's like a bunch of dogs running after a bunch of birds in the field. <laughs> Let them loose. The sad thing is, I don't know where there is a Mother's Day brunch this year because the best Mother's Day brunch there was was the one at the Floridian Gardens. And it was your, your prototypical, fancy, but not too overpriced, fancy buffet. Brunch buffet, where you got the white tablecloths. You've got the the buffet is set up in a very elegant manner. Different, you know, they've they've got the table, but they got different uh, layers, levels on the table. They got blocks underneath the white tablecloth. It's not your sneeze guard, shoulder to shoulder garden bar you find, salad bar you find, and any old roadside diner on your way to and from a, a locale on an interstate. No, 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 no. This isn't a truck stop buffet. This is a high, high class one. They've, they've got garnishments of flowers and whatnot around, and, 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 the, and the, the chilled food is chilled with fresh ice cubes, and you've got the overly exorbitant dessert tray that you, that try as you might you may open up your eating experience by visiting the dessert tray just just once to get a little sna- snapple but then you go and you have your breakfast then you have a lunch then maybe you go back and have another breakfast that was what the florian gardens mother's day brunch was and my wife liked it. I've always liked those types of brunches. It makes you feel fancy. Used to have them when I was growing up. I remember my wife and I, before we had our kids, went to a couple of fancy brunches like that, brunch buffets like that on Mother's Day, before we had the kids in Des Moines, Iowa. Went to those. The, the second one, we went to two. The second one, my wife uh, was rearing child, so she could claim to be a mother at least but you took advantage of it and whether they're in hotel conference rooms or they're in a spot like the florian gardens which is a banquet hall they are a special brunch that's not to say the ones put on by restaurants aren't as good but they're not as good it's not the same ambiance it's not the same well i'm very disappointed to learn this year that the florian gardens is not doing anything for mother's day they used to always do this brunch buffet. Then COVID hit and they did the take-home thing, but that's not, that's not the same. There's no point to doing a take-home buffet. You might as well just order out. <laughs> doing a take-home buffet, well, it's, it's like ordering a beer and the beer comes warm. Well, there's no point to that. Yeah, I got the beer, but I wanted it cold. 
I'm not going to order a, a brunch buffet but not get to graze. Now that we are a couple years past the pandemic, Florian Gardens has said they are not doing their brunch buffet anymore. My wife, my wife was on verge of tears. Did not, didn't actually cry, but that was very disappointing for her when she found out that the Florian Gardens is not doing a Mother's Day brunch this year. And they say they've got some event going on on Saturday night, so they're not able to do it on the Sunday. And I claim shenanigans on the Florian Gardens because if you're an event space, then yeah, you're going to have events on a Saturday before Sunday. They always would have events. I'm sure of it. This, it, it I'm sure that when they would do the Mother's Day brunch, they didn't block off that Saturday because you're in the height of wedding season and proms. I don't know why they're not having the Mother's Day brunch this year. And I have to say this too. When my wife and I got married, and this was a generation ago because when we got married in the late 2000s, that's when you would go and get married at a church and then you would go to a hotel conference center and have a fancy post-wedding dance. Not what you have now where people go and they crowd into a, into a, into a barn that you know, two years ago was covered in hay and now they've swept it out and now they say you can have your wedding here. They put some of those outdoor string lights up and at a bar and they say, hey, it's a wedding venue and you, you have a justice of the peace, marry you, and then you have your party right there. It's just not the same. Just not the same. I miss the days of when we used to get married, go to you know, church and then the, but either way, we had our wedding on Mother's Day weekend and we got married at the church on Saturday and then we had our party that night at a downtown hotel in Utica, New York. Had our party, you know, at, at, a, at a hotel conference center. That next day was Mother's Day. We, of course, spent the night in the hotel. The next day was Mother's Day. So we went right back down for the Mother's Day brunch. Uh, my mom was there. We, we had the Mother's Day brunch. And they had the Mother's Day brunch buffet in the same conference room that we had our wedding. In fact, they used a lot of the flowers we had for our party the night before as part of the decor for the Mother's Day brunch. For the mother, so so. Come on, Florian Gardens, and if anybody else knows a good Mother's Day brunch that's going to be out there, and I'm talking buffet brunch. I, I want a buffet. Okay, I'm not just going to go to a restaurant and because you can order eggs at two in the afternoon, that doesn't make it brunch. Okay, you want the brunch buffet. That's special. You can order, you can have brunch at any time of the year. What makes the Mother's Day brunch special is that it's a buffet. So people tell me some good buffet brunches that are out there. I've heard bad things about uh, some of the ones that have existed out there. So let me know if there's a good Mother's Day brunch out there. And if somebody from the Florian Gardens hears this, yeah, come on and And don't tell me you don't have the staff. I'm a small business owner, and there's the dirty little secret now. It's not a matter of a lack of staff anymore for a number of places. That's quickly pivoting. Is that you got to treat your workers well. And that's the problem. The places that that are still having trouble hiring are places that have a very bad reputation. 
there are a number of places in town that are not having issues getting people. You have to treat people well. Yeah, it's not as easy as it was to get people to work for you. You know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, people would take anything. Nowadays, people are a little more choosy, maybe too choosy, to be frank with you. And they also sometimes, some employees are taking advantage of what they think to be an employee's market and they'll show up late or they'll, they'll still look at their phone on the job and they think, what are you going to do, fire me? Well, you still have to hold them accountable. But that's another discussion for another time. So Mother's Day brunch, week and a half from now. I told you we were going to have some fun before we got into the serious. And let's jump into the into the serious, because you, you want to put a smile on your face in what has been a very rough week in our area. This is one of those stories that it doesn't necessarily have to keep you up at night or you've been in a pool of tears over it, but I think it still adds a malaise, and you add to it the weather, you add just an, an overall kind of, uh feeling in our area with this Lily Peters homicide. Now, of course, since we talked to you on Tuesday, they have a suspect in custody. They have started the court proceedings. It is a juvenile who will get their moment in court, and rightfully so, they'll get their moment in court. Uh, there's been, a awful, there's been a very big education to all of us in this country about interrogations. And, you, you know, I, it sounds like the individual gave an awful lot of information. Maybe not quite a confession, but did they get that out of the person immediately or was it through a 10-hour a interrogation? There's a difference there. But that's, that's why there's the moment in court that's going to be coming up here. And that's why you still call it a suspect, the individual, the the. 14-year-old boy a suspect and not necessarily uh, guilty yet. Everyone's owed their moment. But I think everybody is starting to make some assumptions. Uh, we will not say the name of the individual. I know local media will not say the name, but you don't have to look that hard and find the name of the individual. Uh, it is one of the tough things for media, by the way, Uh and courts will also say, hey, you're not supposed to say the name, but at the same time, the name is out there on social media from the individual themselves. You can say, you know, people know the social media accounts of this young man. This young man was very active on social media, uh, not necessarily popular. He wasn't necessarily an influencer, but an awful lot of people know him through social media in Chippewa Falls and people were able to connect dots. So a lot of you know the name. And if you're really interested in finding some more stuff out about that, you can search online and find stuff there. So it's, it's, it's one of those things when it comes to the name that wink, wink, uh, we'll keep the name hush, hush. But a lot of you will figure out the name if you really want the name. And there's an, I've heard an awful lot of people in the last two days that have told me stories about the young man's background, about connections to the young lady. A lot of it has validity to it. It's not stuff that we will necessarily report and not because it's, it's speculation or conjecture, but it goes into what I talk about in a moment 
where do we go from here? A lot of it doesn't really add to this story in and of itself outside of just more details. And in some cases, the things I'm hearing are unfortunately validations for what you may think. Obviously, again, from the more practical standpoint of what's next, you got the court case. You hope this goes to and stays in adult court, that this stays in, for lack of a better term, regular court and does not go to juvenile court. And I'm not saying that simply because if it goes to juvenile court, you and I do not know what goes on and it's sealed and we don't get the pound of flesh. No, you hope this stays in adult court because this is a, if you will, a big boy crime. Juvenile court was designed a lot for the old boys will be boys and girls will be girls, you know, it's boys and girls. It was, it's for, it's for larceny. It's for maybe some things like drug trafficking that are a little bit more serious, but it wasn't necessarily set up for murder because juvenile court is meant to take individuals, provide them with a punishment, but by the time they get to 18, designed that they are free at 18, and there's stipulations and all that sort of thing, but it's designed at 18, you've moved them on. The idea of juvenile court is not to sentence, there are no sentences, it is more so re-education and reforming to get back into society so you can be a member of society going forward, which ultimately is the idea of all incarceration, but that is the focus for juvenile courts. There is no sentencing. There is no such thing as a lifelong sentence uh, out of juvenile court. So the defense will push for that. That's, that's the job of the defense. They will push for that, rightfully so. You can keep the, the, the case hush-hush. You will be able to limit punishment for your client. That will be the job of the defense and the job of the district attorney uh, will be to uh, keep it in adult court, and we'll have to wait and see. But not, But again, what's next for you and I? That's the hard thing. And really, not much. There isn't really much now. There's nothing that's going to make you feel better about this. Even if you eventually have a trial and the individual's found guilty and they're given uh, a life sentence, it doesn't, sorry doesn't fix the lamp, doesn't bring back the young lady. You don't get that pound of flesh. And there's no one else to blame at the moment. We talk about what's being said on social media and what I'm hearing around town. You know, people, this is, there's tentacles to the conversation about raising kids and the, the issues of broken families and, and how do you let this happen and, and who is watching the kid and, and all that sort of thing. There's tentacles out of there that are very serious and I think worthwhile discussions, but it doesn't, it's not limited to this case, obviously. And it really does not retroactively fix this case. So does that really help us going forward? Not really. 
I'm sure you'll see perhaps a foundation set up in Willie Peters' honor. You might have in the future remembrance walks, perhaps some type of commemorative plaque or statue or something in her honor. Uh, We'll see how there's also a chance in cases like this, her family may move completely out of the area. Which you wouldn't blame them. They, they decide to move, you know, get a fresh start somewhere else. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, there are businesses right now that are doing things to donate back. Uh, there's, there's food places that are giving back to the family. And there's uh, clothing stores that are giving back to the family through various sales. And those will continue on for a little while longer. And then eventually the steam of those will move on. The whole thing just sucks. It just does. You're not happy about who is the suspect and who did it. You're not happy over that. You're happy someone perhaps has been caught. But it does not bring back the young girl. There is no happy ending to this whole thing. What I hope we take from this is one, that kids still still feel safe. That they still feel safe. There isn't a boogeyman that's out there right now. That they still feel safe. And that belongs to you and I to do that as adults. We've said it before with other things, by the way, in this area. There's, there, 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 there's always going to be adults or older people. This... this, this Suspect, it was four years older. And when you're dealing with a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old, that 10-year-old, the 14-year-old's an adult. There will always be adults, older people, that are going to prey on the weaker. There always are. We see an awful lot of, you know, with with teachers. There's one over in, in Greenwood now, a story there where a teacher doing naughty, naughty with some students. Over there accused. Obviously we have the story out of Altoona. With Daniel Peggs. We've had other stories of. Uh, statutory and things of that nature. You've, and then not even things that are at a criminal level. We've had adults that. Do not provide a. The best. Environment for kids growing up. It is up to you and I to provide kids with the absolute best, whether you directly have kids or your kids have grown up and moved on somewhere else. It is up to you to provide kids the best. And that doesn't mean going to a school board and pounding your fist on the table all the time. It's not just that. It's not, it's not that. It's what do you do on your day-to-day life? How do you act around other people? Do you show respect around other people? We have to raise kids right. You know, I joke with people that I joke with people that the that the number one goal of a parent is just to make sure you haven't raised somebody that's going to murder someone. That's a pretty low bar to achieve. I was talking to this to somebody else as well here, and some of this goes down to this as well. The individual, if we are to believe. If I'm to believe an awful lot of people I trust, this individual came from a broken home. Now, whether they had an adult, whether they had a 
male figure in their life. I do not know the actual living situation, but the individual's father, out of state, We need to harp on the idea of having more. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a child. And whether that is two loving parents of the same sex or a man and a woman, I do not care. We're not going to have that debate right now. It's a team to raise a child. A child should not be a burden. And if the child is a burden to you, that, that it, you've lost the right for the child to be a burden to you when you had the child. You lost that right. You lost that right. There is no such thing as an accidental, whoa, oh, whoops, we're having a kid. There is no accident. And some of you will say, well, yes, there is an accident. You know, we, we were practicing this and that and all that. You know, we, we, didn't, you know, we did everything we could to prevent the child from it. I understand that. I understand that. But once you play the game, there's a chance something could happen. That's what I've, I've said on this show before. Once you play the game, something could happen. People play football all the time, have their helmets on could do everything right still get hurt could still get hurt did everything right and all that still get hurt not anything's foolproof i'm not saying by the way everybody should live a puritanical living i'm just saying you decide to play the game you have to accept that there is a chance that's going to happen and not a oh why this happened to me and all that very serious there's a chance something's going to happen. And if it happens, then it's up to you to then have to pivot to what's going to be more important in your life and all that sort of thing. Would, would us having more nuclear families and, and, and all of that bring an end to all of this? No. You're still going to have bad things happen. But just because you can't eliminate something 100%, doesn't mean you should not do what you can to limit it. The, the number one person who has failed by all of this is obviously Lily Peters, who got just 10 short years of living. Think of you and I and all that happened after we were 10. She misses out on all of that. Obviously, her family, her friends are hurt. And while I don't say you should feel sympathy for the suspect, if they are guilty, if they are guilty, I'm not saying you should feel sympathy for them or that this is the reason why they should be let free or anything like that, but they too were failed. They too were failed. Think about that. That does not absolve them of the crime. Absolutely not. Some kids lash out by breaking a window in a house. Okay? For me, it was to root for a, root for a, a football team that my father hated. <laughs> All right? 
But the, the, the young suspect, too, was, was failed. Uh, wrap up the program with this. Uh, coming up this weekend, it, it's happening in, in obscurity. And to some extent, the, the Jazz Festival a couple weeks ago, the same thing. The Eau Claire Marathon's going on this weekend, and you're hearing nothing about it. Now, one could argue maybe we should be talking more about these things. We've become kind of the voice of the area, but you're hearing nothing about the Eau Claire Marathon. Now, I'm not running in it. Actually, don't, I don't think I know anybody running in it, but there's an awful lot of people that are. The marathon snuck up on us. No buzz. I'm sure it'll be successful. I wish them the best of luck. I think it's outstanding to have something like this in the area. They're finishing it downtown, a move they were making a couple of years ago. There's a lot of areas in this country that when they have a road race, it becomes a weekend party for a community. I know in this area, a lot of people are familiar with the, the Grandma's Marathon in Duluth. Where I'm from in upstate New York, there's a big race every July weekend event. I'd love to see the Eau Claire Marathon become that, but it kind of snuck up on us. Now, some of it may have to do with, obviously, the tragedy from earlier this week. But even that said, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. A busy weekend overall. Hope everybody has fun coming up. My daughter's got her first communion coming up. A uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust moment. Uh, I feel older, our little girls growing up. My son's scheduled to have his first games in youth baseball this weekend, weather permitting. That'll be fun. I'm sure a lot of you have an awful lot going on. Uh, we never even got to it uh, this week, uh, This week, but uh, went with this. That, that eh, I was going to talk about that story of the the guy who owns that store on Water Street turned out to be pretty much a front for drugs. Uh, Dwayne Perkins, the owner of Drip Kicks or Drips Kicks on Water Street. Frankly, I knew the place existed because I drive on Water Street regularly. I had no idea what it was. I still don't know what Drip Kicks sells. But apparently, anyway, it was a front for, a, uh, uh, for drugs selling fentanyl. Uh, so, and <laughs> what I found interesting in the story the 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 investigators got what they needed on Dwayne Perkins by sending in an informant in there. And uh, when the informant was there, apparently he observed a customer of Dwayne Perkins coming in complaining about the quality of the fentanyl that he had been sold. So what knocked down Dwayne Perkins was the fact he was well, he he's a bad drug dealer. <laughs> he, he admitted to it, by the way. He's admitted to it. Uh, and kind of cavalier about it, saying, "Yeah, this is what we, you know, this is what we do. <laughs> this is this is this is what we do." Uh, kind of makes you think there when uh, drug dealers just say, "Yep, yeah, you caught me." Some people, unfortunately, don't have. Uh, they, they, we talked about a low bar before. They don't. They don't set a high bar. Uh, and then you have a whole psychological debate. Uh, some people don't think things are wrong, and they, they think you're wrong for stopping them and all that sort of thing. Uh, we're back with you uh, next week. Uh, be checking. We might not be on on Tuesday. We've got some uh, uh, some equipment things that are being fixed. Not Nothing's broken. Yeah, nothing's broken. Uh, but uh, we've got sort of an annual uh, 
cleaning of equipment that is going on. Uh, hope to be back with you on Tuesday. If not, definitely on Thursday. We will be back with you. And all of our podcasts still dropping next week, including new podcasts that are debuting next week as well. We mentioned the Momentum Fitness Podcast and a very fun podcast coming out of Menominee now in which we sit at a cottage on a lake. You're not going to want to miss that. That's going to be a fun podcast series. An excuse for me to sit at a cottage by a lake. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.